friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. And today's episode, we're going to be thinking about how do we thrive in the middle of this pandemic? How does our faith thrive in the middle of this pandemic? I got this fab little article from a friend of mine today, uh, which kind of fits beautifully in with the topic that I wanted to talk about. And this article was entitled Your Surge Capacity. So I'll put this in the show notes if you want to have a look at this. But the idea is that uh, when Coronation Street is on or EastEnders is on, these big TV shows that a lot of the nation watch or are a football match, when the break comes in the TV show, all of these people, these millions of people who are watching this show get up and put on the kettle. And there's a sudden surge nationally in the need for electricity and they know that over key tv shows this happens so they have to make sure there's enough capacity in the system to deal with all of these kettles that come on and it works we press the kettle to boil and it boils and we don't realize how many other millions of people are boiling the kettle at the same time but what happens if everybody boils their kettle at the same time for an hour for two hours for three hours, the system couldn't cope. And there's no there's no capacity in that, for that surge of all those people for that length of time. And the system would burn out, it would overload. The same is with you and I, we, we've hit a pandemic. It's an odd season, it was not what we were expecting. And we can cope uh, with that surge capacity that we have for the first month. We can get involved, we can use the resources that we have to help each other. Works for the first month. By the end of the second month, yeah, we can help each other, but we're starting to feel a bit fed up. By the third month, we're starting to feel a bit burnt out. You know, the phrase appeared, zoomed out. By month four, five, six, there is no capacity left and we feel exhausted. So I don't know about you. I feel weary. I feel zoomed out. Uh, I am much happier get going to bed earlier, sleeping in a little bit longer, just because life has been push, 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 push now for six months. So how do we thrive as disciples of Jesus, particularly when we have no capacity left? And that is what we're going to be looking at today. And this podcast is entitled How to Run the Race in a Pandemic. How do we run as disciples of Jesus in the middle of a pandemic? That is what we're going to look at. How do we thrive? How do we do well? How does our spiritual life continue to be passionate for Jesus in the middle of a COVID pandemic. So that's what we're going to explore. As I said, my name is Chris Rogers. I am your host. I'm so thrilled that you are with me. If you have not already subscribed to this podcast, you listen every week, but you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Your subscribing makes a big difference because it then appears on other people's podcast lists and more people get to find out about this podcast. So please do subscribe to this podcast and then you'll receive it every Monday morning. So friends, here we go. Let's deal with this. How to run the race in the middle of a pandemic. So what do I mean, run the race? Well, that phrase to run the race comes directly from Paul in the book of Hebrews. Uh, Paul is using a sporting analogy. So get this. If you went to see a group of people running in a substantial race, you would go to the arena 
they would run on the running track. Everybody else would be around them watching. That group of people cheering them on, he calls them the great cloud of witnesses. This, this uh, roar of noise around the runners coming from this group of people cheering on the runners on the track. And he uses this sporting analogy to talk about how we run uh, our uh, lives as a race. I am not a runner. Please do not ever think that's so. I once started running, and as my wife will tell you, it was an absolute disaster, particularly because I had pneumonia, and I did not realise I had pneumonia, so it was particularly difficult. But uh, I really found running hard, and one of the, my struggles is I would try running the same speed for a 100-metre race uh, as I would for a 200, 400 or mini marathon. I would try to run the same speed for each of these different kinds of races because running is just running, isn't it? Surely just running is just running. So I would run as fast as I could for whatever situation I was in. I didn't realise that you had to change how you run that race depending on how long it was. So if you're running 100 metres, you were going to run slightly differently than if you're running a 400 metre race. You'd push yourself a little bit differently. You might get to top speed at a different point. The same is with a marathon. Running a marathon, you can't run it like a 100 meter race. You can't run a marathon by going top speed. You have to moderate your speed. You have to work out how are you going to run it? When are you going to take little moments to, to get fresh water? You, know, you think about how you're going to run that race. And not only do you run differently if it's a marathon, you also run differently that marathon where you are running it. If you're on the top of a mountain or the bottom of a mountain, that will change how you run a race. If you're running in winter opposed to summer, that will change how you run the race again. So running the race is a great metaphor for life, but also what we're living in at the moment. You'll see that in a moment. Let me just read this to you. This is, this is Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. So Paul is referencing this arena sport of running. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the perfecter and pioneer of our faith. For the joy set before him he endured on the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down now at the right hand of the throne of God. The image that we have here of this group of runners is this arena, big arena, where they would run on the racetrack and people would be around them, cheering them on. Therefore, since we are surrounded by great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance or let us run with commitment let's just pause for a moment how are you doing now six months into a pandemic or depending when you're listening to this seven months eight months into this pandemic how are you doing have you found yourself burning out yet one of the things that i have really had to come to terms with is at the moment, I am not going at 100% capacity. Now, there are times in my life when I've been going at 120% capacity. I've given more, I've given more. I'm the kind of person that can spin lots of plates at once. I've got a lot of things going on. I love having lots of stuff going on. It energises me to have lots of stuff going on. Not at the moment. 
at the moment, if I'm going at 70% capacity, to be fair, I would be pretty surprised. I've said to my staff team at church numbers of times now, and I will keep saying it to them, at this time, I am not expecting them to run at 100%. I'm expecting them to run at 70%, 60%. I want them to be emotionally well and committed to the way of Jesus for the next year and the years after that. There's a danger that you could keep going in this season at 120% and you'll burn out and have a mental breakdown. I would rather they go at 70%, doing less, but caring for themselves more. We have to look after ourselves. We have to care for ourselves. We need to get the sleep that we need. We need to spend time with the right kind of people that will energize us in this season. And we need to have rhythms in our life that will sustain us spiritually. And I want to use this passage from Romans 12 about running the race and just draw out a few things that I think will help us in this a pandemic season. So friends, we are in the middle of a marathon. It's a marathon of life, but also we're in a mini marathon that is this, this pandemic. And we need to run in this season differently. If you have been somebody that's run fast for long periods of time in the past, this may be the season where you have to change that and take care of yourself in a different way. So therefore, talking about our faith in terms of a race, what does that look like when it comes to our discipleship and our spiritual formation in this season? Now, for so many of us, the practices that we put into place in previous years are now really important to us. So for, for most of us, churches closed back in March. It went online. Group meetings, small group meetings, support groups went on to Zoom or something similar to that. And everything went online and very quickly people realised that they were zoomed out. They didn't want to connect. So the, the, the first kind of message really I want to remind us of is that we are called as disciples to not give up meeting with each other. And there's a danger that in this season, some of us go, do you know what? I'm just going to hit pause on my faith. I can't do what I would normally do. Therefore, I'm going to ride it out and I'll pick up my faith at the back end. That is not going to help you thrive. What's going to help you thrive in this season is to have a deeply rooted relationship with the God that comes to bring life and life in abundance. John 10, 10. Jesus says, thief comes to steal and destroy. The pandemic has come to steal and destroy. Jesus, he says, I have come to bring life and life in all its forms or life in abundance. We've got to root ourselves in Jesus if we're going to survive this pandemic and still have a faith that is on fire. So. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Let me just pull this out. I want to pull out a full few little verses. So verse 1 said this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. My first point is this. I've got three points. So the first point is this. If you want to survive this pandemic well, you've got to get with other people who will cheer on your faith. Uh, we are not Christians on our own. We are Christians who are adopted into a family. Now, this pandemic wants to pull us away from each other. It wants to pull us into isolation. Okay, Hell's strategy for your life is isolation. Heaven's strategy is relationship. If you want to run this race well, you need to make sure that you are surrounded by a group of people that are going to cheer you on. Paul uses this analogy 
of the racetrack and the arena. You are running on the racetrack. Who are the people that are around you cheering you on? And who are you cheering on? Who are you in the arena cheering on, on in their race? Uh, we need to make a commitment to each other to keep cheering each other on. If that means online or in some video format, if it means by mobile phone or if it means by being in the room, in gathered church, socially distanced, lean in. There's too many of us that have given up meeting together. Paul puts it like this in, in Hebrews 10.25. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as the day is approaching. Don't give up meeting with other Christians. Lean in to whatever is accessible at this time. Don't criticise what is there, but access it. Whatever it is, whatever your church is doing, it's too easy to criticise. Don't be a negative person. Look for the positive and whatever they are producing, whatever the local church is doing for you, access it. Lean in and become a great cloud of witnesses for somebody else, as well as having a great cloud of witnesses around you cheering you on. So during a race in a stadium, we're surrounded by people cheering us on. We need to be in a place where that is happening. If you do not have Christians daily and weekly cheering you on, why is that? Is it that you've isolated yourself from other people and therefore you're missing out on what God has for you? Do not let yourself get isolated. And if you are isolated, get back into relationship with someone. Get back into relationship with your local church. Do not disconnect because it will cause your faith to go cold. We cannot be on fire for Jesus and our faith if we're isolated from the church community uh, that is there holding us. So number one, make sure that you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. The second thing I want to draw out from this reading is where Paul says, throw off everything that hinders. So therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So point two is this. We have to make sure that we're throwing off anything that is hindering us running that race well. There'll be things in your life as there is in my life that if I don't keep it in check will hinder me connecting with God. And if I don't go fishing for and seeking out those things that hinder me, it's so easy to deceive myself to pull away. I am very good at finding reasons why I should not connect with somebody else. We, 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 we are very good at this stuff. We're very good at finding things that prevents us connecting with others. And we do the same with God. We're full of excuses. Or maybe it's just me. I, you know, I am very good at coming up with excuses. Are you the same? Do you come up with excuses? Throw off whatever excuses you have that will hinder you connecting to others. And for many of us, let's be totally transparent here, what is hindering us is issues of sin that we've not dealt with in our lives. We sin, we're embarrassed, therefore we disconnect from other human beings because we're embarrassed by the very action that we have done. Are there sin, is there sin in your life that is causing you to put in a hindrance from connecting with God. Sometimes it's a very clear sense. Sometimes it's just issues of 
pride. And sometimes it's just about a feeling. And let me just say this. Our feelings will always lie to us. We can't trust our feelings because our feelings are so connected up with our emotions. So we are gifted at uh, reading our feelings rather than reading the facts. I often have this with people. I stopped coming to church. Why is that? That person looked at me funny. Did they look at you funny? Or were they just having a bad day? And their bad day you read in a particular way and your feelings for that situation drove you away. You know, it's too easy to allow our feelings to drive us rather than the facts of the matter. So what is it that throws you off, that hinders you from connecting with God? What is it? For some of us at this time, the hindrance is, oh, I'm really struggling with the online stuff. I, I, I'm really, I find it hard to get much from it. Also, it's all about you. Sometimes the online experience is not about you. It's about what you give other people. One of the issues is we often have a church that is full of consumers. And then they complain because there's nothing for them to consume because everybody's trying to take from everybody rather than give to each other. Uh, we need to be people who stop allowing uh, consumerism to hinder us connecting with God. One of the ways that we connect with God is through other people. As we serve other people, we also receive something of Jesus back. Let's throw off anything that will hinder us connecting with God. So what is it that's stopping you and hindering you? I'm just a bit too tired at the moment. These hindrances will eventually lead you to a point where you have disconnected from the God that wants to give life and life in all its fullness. So, number one, surround yourself with a great cloud of witnesses. Two, throw off whatever hinders. And let me just carry on with this reading. So, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. So how do you do this? How do you run the race with perseverance? The next line says it gives you the answer. You do it by fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So if you want to run with perseverance, and that's my encouragement in this season, is to to, uh, persevere with your faith in the middle of a pandemic. The way to do it is to fix your eyes on Jesus. We have to learn in a season when the central church is not able to do everything for us, that we need to stand on our own two feet. We have to be able to daily fix our eyes on Jesus ourselves and build up our own spiritual disciplines that are separate from maybe the institutional church that we're a part of. We can become too reliant on others fixing our eyes on Jesus. Sometimes going to church on a Sunday just gives us enough to keep muddling along. In normal time, we can muddle along by coming to a church or going to a church and having some church leader help us connect to Jesus. In a pandemic, you can't do that in the same way. So suddenly the church leader can't be the one that carries your faith. You have to be the one that carries your faith. So I ask you this question, can we think through ways that we play our own 
part in the rhythm of faith in your life. Going to church every Sunday is your way of of somehow relying on the church to sustain your faith, but you have no disciplines during the week. Then, friends, you are relying on somebody else too much. Church is meant to be a pit stop that helps you get through the week, but only a pit stop because your life is the main event. And you need to work out how you connect with the divine Monday to Saturday, not just on a Sunday. Don't rely on your church leaders as if they're the crutch that's going to help you with your faith. They're there to support you so that you can stand on your own two feet. So what part do you need to play in daily fixing your eyes on Jesus? At the moment, our faith has been put under the test, doesn't it? Our faith has been put under the test. And as we can't be church like we would normally do it, some of us are starting to realise that we've been over-reliant on others helping us connect with God. And suddenly the question is, how are you connecting with God? I met with somebody recently from my church and they said, well, during lockdown, I feel like my faith has just drifted off, Chris. I feel like it's gone and drifted off. What are you going to do about it? What's the church going to do about it? And I had to like, like, what am I going to do about it? The question is, what are you going to do about it? If you've been so reliant on someone else holding your hand in faith, that you've not started to step up in your own maturity and discipleship, uh, it's not surprising then that we drift off during a time when the gathered church cannot gather. Without realising it, some of us have been over-reliant on others to help us connect with God. And how are you going to do it? So I want to kind of give you this this thought really, is how do you go about daily fixing your eyes on Jesus? So I want to encourage you, what rhythms can you put in place into your daily life that mean that you connect eye to eye, fixing your eyes on Jesus each day? We need to be doing it through personal prayer and we need to be doing it through Bible study and we need to be doing it through some form of worship. So I just unpack this for a moment. If you have not started doing the three, two, one yet, really want to encourage you to just go back in this podcast, one of the earlier podcasts where we talk about the 3-2-1. 3 one is a spiritual discipline of every day taking three minutes to read the Bible, two minutes to pray, and one minute to listen to God. And as you get proficient in your 3 one you can double it to six minutes, to four minutes, and to two minutes, and expand it and make it longer. I do a podcast on that uh, from season one, so you might want to go back and have a listen to that. But if you're not regularly putting in a rhythm of prayer and reading of scripture, then you really are not fixing your eyes on Jesus each day. So that's the first thing I'd say. The other thing I'd say about that is simply that, can you work out a way of worshipping God at home? Is there a way of you learning to worship God? It might be through CDs, it might be through YouTube, Googling some songs, listening to a playlist of worship in the background while you're cooking, that kind of thing. But what kind of thing can you put in place that will help you worship? And of course, when I talk about worship, I'm not just talking about sun worship. There are many ways to worship. I've been really enjoying our church. Now we've reopened, learning to worship God with sign language. And we've been learning the sign for amazing grace, be thou my vision. And it's really exciting to be able to worship God with our hands and not just with our mouths. But there are lots of ways of worshiping. You could worship by lighting a candle and sitting there in front of the candle and just uh, adoring God and reminding yourself what you love about God. You could sit there and you could write your own psalm. 
You could sit there and draw a picture. An act of worship doesn't need to be just with words. It, it can be with lots of creative means. I've been listening uh, this week to a, a guy from my church who's been telling me about how he's been worshipping God by dancing in his bedroom and uh, worshipping God through dance. Amazing. Whatever you can do that would help you connect with God, do it. Go for it. So put in a regular rhythm of uh, prayer, Bible study, connecting with God through worship of some description. And then the other thing I'd say about that is one of the best ways that we can connect with God and fix our eyes on Jesus is by being somebody that uses the resources that we have to bless somebody else. You know, serving at a food bank, helping deliver food packages, making a phone call to somebody who is isolated and bringing them an encouragement. I love the story by Mother Teresa when she said uh, that um, later in her life, the only place that she saw Jesus and encountered Jesus was in the eyes of the people that she served. And when she washed the feet of the, the people at the um, uh, monastery that she was at, the, the lepers that would come and she washed feet, it was in their eyes that she saw Jesus. When we serve somebody else, we see Jesus in their eyes. So I'd love to encourage you, worship by serving others, because when we serve others, we see Jesus. And when we see Jesus and fix our eyes on Jesus, what is the byproduct? We have perseverance to run the race marked out before us. So how do we run the race of faith in a pandemic? We do it by surrounding ourselves with a great cloud of witnesses, other Christians. We do it by throwing off whatever is hindering us running that race well. The seen sins, the unseen sins, the issues of pride, the issues of feelings, throwing it all off so that we can commit to Jesus. And then that third final thought was around fixing our eyes on Jesus, daily having a rhythm of focusing on him. And when we do that, we can then run this race with perseverance. Friends, I hope that has been helpful and an encouragement to you, particularly in a season that is very difficult, very hard. None of us are finding it easy. And I'm going to pray for us now, just as we end, just because I want each of us to receive something of God's presence in this time. I don't know about you, but I need more of him to get through. It's like the bucket is always empty right now. And I need him to keep filling it, keep filling it, keep filling it, because it leaks a heck of a lot. So let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that there is a race for us to run, that you partner with us in that race. We are not running alone. And Lord, we want to ask that you would help us do those three things of connecting with other believers, uh, that we throw off the sin that is entangling us and slowing us down and making it even harder. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, we ask for your presence, your Holy Spirit to be all over us in this season and at this time. Fill us up. And Lord, we leak heavily at the moment. God, give us all that we need and would we rely on you each day and we pray that in the powerful name of jesus christ and all the saints said amen friends i hope you find that helpful how to run the race of faith in a pandemic and until next time grace and peace